Welcome to Dessert Before Breakfast, the podcast where we review TV finales through the eyes of someone that's never watched the show. I'm Mike Durvell, and I've seen a little bit of Boy Meets World. I'm Melanie Germain, and I have seen none of Boy Meets World. And I'm returning special guest star Dennis Morge, and I've seen every episode of Boy Meets World. Oh, wow. Is that the, is that the intro? That's that the, the intro. The song? Get ready, everybody. Boy that intro Meets theme. World. <laughs> so, Dennis... You are the first guest ever on this podcast. I was the first guest on this podcast. Dennis, you knew that. <laughs> you you knew that. Don't be so surprised. And look how far we've come. <laughs> I'm so proud of the both of you. Yeah, you. Ah, stop it. Um, so you, last we had you on, you were talking about Animaniacs. I'm trying to remember if I talked about it coming out, if it, the first season was officially aired. It wasn't out yet. Oh. It wasn't officially out yet. And then you're like, Animaniacs, it's coming. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Was It was before November, eh? You know what? Why don't we just pretend? I don't think people are going to call us out on this. Hey, Dennis, last time you were here, you were talking about Animaniacs coming out. Now it has. Uh, you also talked about your, your website. Can you elaborate more on that? Oh, yeah. You got a new website. Oh, my goodness. Those are all true things you just said. I will elaborate <laughs> on those two comments. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so the, the last time I was featured on this podcast, Animaniacs was on the verge of being uh, released to the public in the streaming waves <laughs> the term i just <laughs> made up and uh so season one has been officially out since november of last year and season two is scheduled to come out some other time later on this year that i don't have a defined date on but i saw <laughs> the voice actor of brain speak about coming in to do some uh vocal retakes on uh, a sing a singing track and uh mentioned that they were doing the final touches which implies that soon it shall be released upon the world. So you you were on um, our Dawson's Creek episode, our first ever episode, like I mentioned. You were also on the Timeless Miracle of Christmas Challenge. Now, what are you up to nowadays since your last appearance? <gasps> since my last appearance? Well, on the side. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> <laughs> You're just so business, so radio. I love it. Yes. Well, you know, considering that the my my first uh, recording session uh, went over so well, I thought I'd give more bonus performance <laughs> notes for the second time around <laughs> for for as 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 a as a tip to my hat towards the, the listener. I've just been so flattered that I need to like, you know, it's like it's like the second it's like the rebound. I'm rebounding. I'm like back in the hot seat and I'm going to I'm going to give it to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like athletes, you know, boxers, like they come back and like, you know, like punch people really hard and everybody cheers. I want to be like the equivalent of that. <laughs> I, OK, so your website. <laughs> You want to talk about that? <laughs> so during quarantine, um, I uh, I was risen to the occasion to uh, go back into my uh, artistic practices and decided I'd uh, uh, revise some old, abandoned, personal creative animation projects that I've been meaning to work on. And one of them was uh, a director's cut slash revision slash 
completion update on my very first short film. Why does it need to be all of those things? No, Mike, you should know better. Don't stop him. He needs to keep going. Okay. Okay. Sorry, you think you've done this. Um, uh, a few weeks ago, I managed to finish it and decided for the first time to try entering it into the fest film festival circuit, which I've never done, but always wanted to. So, and, and since then I've just been really stimulated and have been writing ideas for other things that I'd like to explore. So I thought that there'd be more avenues to explore in the future. So it's an interesting process and um, things are feeling good. I'd like to see where things go from here. That's great, man. I, I have so many things I want to ask you about that. But the one thing I feel like I should ask you is, what is the name of this film? <laughs> <laughs> so that you have made. The, the original title was stolen from a Harvey Danger song title, a B-trap, not B-track, a B-side track from an album called Dead Three Souls <laughs> called Defrocked. <laughs> and then for my um, director's cut, quote unquote, I decided to add a subtitle, which was Omer's Solstice. Cool. And that's the short, uh, which currently <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> Is is being is being submitted in uh, the film festival circuit. Therefore, it's not like out publicly. But I did create a trailer for the project, um, which is like a, a cherry pick selection of my favorite shots from it. So the fact that that's public, a public and people can see it makes me very satisfied. And um, yeah, if you're interested, yeah, we'll be sure to we'll be sure to link that in our link show link notes. in the description. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Thanks, friends. Dennis, it is always a pleasure, <laughs> like chatting with you. Mm -hmm. Always. Absolutely. So, so what do you guys know about Boy Meets World? <laughs> Here's the thing. I watched Boy Meets World. I watched it as a small child, and I don't remember a lot about it. But I do remember that I had an attraction to the girl on this show. Back when I wasn't like quite sure how I felt about girls. You know what I mean? Like, I was little enough to not know. Topanga was your first crush. Yes, basically. I think so. But I don't remember anything about the subject matter of the show whatsoever. So I can't really say much about it. Melanie, what do you know about Boy Meets World? P.S. She was everybody's first crush. <laughs> My first crush was that fox from Robin Hood. I think he was Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the, the fox from Robin Hood, don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> don't know his name, doesn't matter. He was hot. Um, what I know about Boy Meets World, I didn't watch this show when I was a kid. I don't I do I don't think it was for me or like I, I might have passed me by because I am a little bit younger than you guys or maybe I just didn't like the show or like and I don't know well we'll have to check the dates later but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it, it just passed me by kind of um, I'm pretty sure there's an iconic teacher in this yeah and that's it yeah that's a I really love that observation because that was a really big like fandom cultural takeaway from the show for sure all right well, we're gonna watch the final two episodes of boy meets world if you want to watch it along at home it's available to stream on disney plus in canada and we'll be right back
All right, we are back. That was uh, two episodes of television. Truly, twas. <laughs> or would we say it was two episodes of television? Or would we say it is a near infinite number of episodes of television <laughs> that was in two episodes of television? Yeah, there was. It was a lot of like flashbacks. It felt really fan servicey. Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, word to boil it down. Not to. even. I would say it wouldn't. It wasn't even providing context for stuff. It was just like, hey, remember this yeah. funny bit? Let's just show this funny bit. People <laughs> will remember it, and then it will bring them joy. One might even say that it's a bit of a nightmare episode for for our podcast. Of like, <laughs> oh my god, how do I even take <laughs> notes on this? I have no idea what's going on. Well, because like the like I I can't even do a play by play because the only thing that happened was like he didn't want to go. Corey didn't want to go to New York. Topanga was too scared to go to New York. He had a talk with Feeney and realized that he needed to get her to New York. Feeney, the, the teacher, yeah, the teacher. They decide to go to New York and then they go to New York and they bring all their friends. Yeah, what the f- okay, that that last part was weird. Okay, so we've got we've got we got Feeney the teacher, we have Topanga and Corey. The iconic teacher. I was correct, by the way. Not only is an iconic teacher, he seems to have been their teacher through their entire grades of high school, and they make fun of it in the show as like a meta thing. I think it's not even just, I don't think it was just high school. I think it was elementary school too, wasn't it? That's right. He was always the teacher. Absolutely. Yeah. From the very beginning. Interesting. Okay. So how long did the show go? Because they went from kids to being married. I actually looked this up because guess what? I was bored. So <laughs> seven, se- <laughs> seven seasons, and it went from, uh, they graduated in 1998. I'm not too sure if the show actually follows the years, though, but it was from 1993 to the year 2000, and they graduated in 98. Mm-hmm. They graduated in 98, but the show went to 2000. They graduated high school in 1998, yeah. It could have been a fictional 1998. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the context for that. I just have these dates, but seven seasons. Only seven seasons. That's weird that, I mean, like, I guess seven seasons from child to adult. That's, that is how those numbers work. Yes. That's how one grows over the years. That is young to get married. But then again, I guess I got married pretty young too, but not that young. I have a question for you, Dennis. Yes, let's start with a question because I have a lot of feelings. Okay, okay. I'm guessing that this is a beloved series for you. Yes? Uh, It has a special place in my heart. You know, uh, it it being a product of like cheeseball 90s sitcoms, you know, Mm -hmm. there is a a cheese factor that, you Mm -hmm. know, that does uh, taste a little funky uh, when you rewatch it. Uh, however, it it's structured around the classic sitcom format of having a moral lesson uh, provided throughout each episode for the most part. And my attraction to it was the effectiveness of the moral uh, lessons and how they encouraged me to think about, you know, my social life around my family and my friends and how to conduct myself and what this means and to consider things uh, that I ha- that I never thought of that would be from like an adult perspective, but it packaged and and told in a way for young audiences to process and understand. So, so yeah. this show is basically your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think like <clears throat> the fact that I'm special guest starring on this episode <laughs> it makes uh, it makes a lot of sense 
given the fact that I was also into Dawson's Creek, and I feel like both these shows have a similar thematic thread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would agree, even though they're very different. Like one wouldn't necessarily different. think to compare them, but you're right. I, I could see why you would you connect to them in a similar way. Here's a here's the thing, though, Dennis. You kind of said that you weren't into Dawson's Creek when you were on that show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So are you are you going back on your word now and saying that you are into Dawson's Creek? Don't be ashamed. It's fine. Podcast listeners, world, <laughs> in the public, in the general public, I kind of have a thing for Dawson's Creek. It's true. Nice. <laughs> I, think just, I think that you are just really into shows that have like a good moral, um, you know, lesson to them. And I could tell that this is kind of where that came from, especially with the last scene. The last scene is, yeah. is maybe the most interesting thing that happened throughout these last two episodes with the kids coming into the classroom and talking to their teacher. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, I actually have a preference for Boy Meets World in the sense that a lot of a lot of the drama that's represented feels like real world problems as mm-hmm. opposed to Dawson's Creek that tends to hide everything um, for that theatrical value. Yeah, it's more of a drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more of a drama, whereas this is more like... A fun kids show kind of idea. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Also, just the it's like this is a 20 minute. These are 20 minute sitcom type stuff. And that's like a 45 minute drama or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, I I have a question. What did you guys think about that part where Jack and Eric, who are brothers, whose father died? And then for that one moment, he's back while they're talking to each other, like as a ghost or whatever, kind of listening and I like what they said aside I'm really just talking about the part where the dead father grabs his son's girlfriend's ass as a ghost. Is he dead? Yes, he was a ghost. That's right. Where did, where did, what? (laughs) Wait, what? Yes. He was talking about being in heaven, about her going into the Peace Corps. And he's like, well, up here, we do appreciate that. That's true. Oh. Also, there was, they did a flashback of, of the doctor being like, we lost him. That, and they were much younger. Right. Okay. That's, that's also an explicit giveaway. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, well, that was confusing to me is that I thought he died right after that moment. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a narrative sidetrack. Oh, and he just died. Anyway, let's get back to Corey's story. <laughs> yeah. He was, they were so much younger in that scene. I don't, I can't fucking. Okay. Oh my God. This is okay. Honestly, this is the most. This is the most disorienting. I mean, it's weird because I found Farscape very disorienting and would have called it probably, well, also lost. But this was surprisingly, like, I was not expecting this episode to be so disorienting because, like, you at times I didn't even know if it was a flashback or not. You know, it's okay. like, it's like, Michael. <laughs> Michael, they, the, the age range for these people. It was like they were either very small children, teenagers, or adult, and that was really it. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time, it was like most of the time, it was a flashback. Yeah, I'm also a very poor judge of age, almost all the time. So I mean, so am I. It's fine. And and because most of the target demographic audiences for this show were at uh, the post puberty age where they'd be able to understand sexual jokes. The writers thought it would be a 
quote unquote fun idea to use sexual harassment played for laughs like every sitcom in the 90s at some point. Yeah. That did irk me. Yeah, I I really didn't I really didn't appreciate that. Yeah. It was it was gross also like it like it wasn't a good thing in the first place, but then it's also it's like it's their dad. That's his that's his son's girlfriend. What the hell was that? Yeah. That's a little weird. That it was just, a little it, weird. Just it, it stood out to me. I did not appreciate it. At yeah. All. Yeah. yeah. And then and watching that that actress's performance in that moment, I also couldn't help but wonder the kind of BS pressure she must have felt to go with that idea and act it out and communicate it. And yeah, it's it's quite cringe. From the flash flashbacks, I actually think that she was probably sexualized a lot yeah i think it seems to be a running gag you know to be honest with you i was so like like um lowbrow jokes that are just so so far down (laughs) beneath Mm -hmm. like the intellectual side of the show just kind of went over my head in the sense that i just kind of rolled my eyes and tried hard to ignore them but yeah yeah i think it was a common thing i think i think honestly in the 90s i feel like it 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 went over a lot of people's heads, mine included. Like I've I definitely feel like watching rewatching things now in my thirties. Yeah, it definitely has a different taste in my mouth. You know. It's, yeah, you know what? Honestly, like the first episode of this, I'm like, oh my god, I hate this so much. I hate when did you watch so- it? No, like like right now, like when I was oh, watching it, I was yeah. like the first episode. I'm like, oh, the first of the two parts. God. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I cannot handle how hammy, over-the-top, and disorienting this is. And then through the second episode, I'm like, okay, I get what's happening. I could see that there is an emotional core to it. Like, the first episode really was kind of playing up all the crazy, ridiculous things that happened. And the second episode was definitely more on the emotional side. Uh, the emotional side of things that happened. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I want to get back to, like, the full episode. But before we go along, uh, since we're on the same topic... I thought I would bring up another thing that really sit, did sit well with me, which is playing um, one of the main characters dressing as a woman for laughs. Yeah. That was really yep. uncomfortable as well. In fact, like, that was um, Sean, I think. Sean, I was just like, they. I think they make him very feminine for, for a lot of laughs, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet you in fandoms, like, he's just gay, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. people see that. But I bet you they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating uh, having this discussion with both of you because, as I mentioned last time, I'm only I really I only process the show through my own psychological lens and to hear the things that both of you pick up on from di- like a, a zoomed out a point perspective. of view. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's always curious mm-hmm. and interesting to me. Yeah. My memory of this show is so foggy because, like, I know I didn't watch it very. I think the only time I did watch it was, like, with friends. Like, I had friends that were into it. And then when I was over at their place, I watched it or something. But, like, I don't remember anything about this show. But for some reason, I seem to remember that last scene of the show. And I seem to remember there's a there's an episode or there's a moment where they're talking about the the two sons and then his father wouldn't spend time with both of them. And then there was the thing with the coconut and the monkey. You remember that when they're in the art gallery? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that for me is something that I is a very vivid memory of like me. I remember that. And I I think about it sometimes. And I 
didn't know it was from this show. <laughs> like, like I, I'd forgotten that it was from Boy Meets World. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy you said that because I think that's a big part of my attraction to this show because it feels like a lot of the themes that they touch on are very genetic or genetic, generic and have been portrayed in many shows. But there's something I feel about this show where there are things that feel very specific to it in a way where you see something that hasn't been represented quite the same as other shows do. So you will have that moment where it's like, wait a second, I have a strong recollection of this, but I didn't realize it was in, in, you know, in this particular show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that moment that stood out to me and why it's stuck with me when I don't even remember. Like, for some reason, I had thought that the show had ended when they were in high school. I don't remember them getting married or any of that stuff. Maybe again, maybe I didn't see it. Maybe that's why I don't remember it. But yeah, um, this is it's, it's an odd experience for me, like revisiting a show. I barely remember being like, I hate this. But also I recognize key moments in this. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And it's I, like I feel those key moments are so distinguished and like surprisingly well written to the point where they like stick in my brain. And as a result, uh, I feel the need to sort of scratch that curiosity like over the years. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like I grew up watching it here and there randomly on TV and just by um, happenstance. And then it wasn't until I was an adult that I decided to actually go back and watch it episode by episode because I wanted to like reassess it, um, mm -hmm. I guess, later on in life and, and admire how, you know, there are certain things that impacted me at a young age, at like a certain, at a certain developmental point in my life, and then to revisit it as an adult and and sort of decipher like what was it that felt like a revelation at the time. Anyway, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say like there's an episode where Corey uh, accidentally cheats on Topanga, and there's like a like a three, four parter where they just focus on that. Yeah, they did a lot of they did a lot of flashbacks to that, I think. Yeah. And and the way that they handled it, they didn't like just milk the drama like a lot of shows would in those circumstances where it'd be this big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I just I was always impressed by how they handled it in a very realistic way that I feel like uh, still holds water and yeah, kind of has a timeless feel about it. So would you say that the Topanga Corey romance was a will they, won't they? Or was it just like it was established and we all knew? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the whole premise of the show is that there were star-crossed lovers from the moment they met and at an early age and that they were destined to be together. And that was a, a big part of the show. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> my first binge when Disney Plus <laughs> premiered was uh, the, I guess, that I don't want to call it a spiritual sequel because it's technically like a sequel sequel of the series <laughs> where, oh, a spinoff. That's the term that they use in TV. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, Disney Plus, uh, alongside uploading the full catalog for Boy Meets World. They also uploaded, I believe, the first two seasons for Girl Meets World, mm -hmm. which was a continuation of the series featuring many of the same characters, uh, but with new uh, young um, child actor stars. Were they the children of like the people? That's right. They were. Okay. Yeah. Who wasn't okay. featured in the series by curiosity? Um, 
Nobody. They brought like every single person that was in porn made a comeback, even very small and significant like fan servicey characters made a comeback, which I thought was charming. Like everything that I, I enjoyed about Girl Meets World was in reference <laughs> to uh, Boy Meets right. World as a fan. Nostalgia. Yeah. Good. Did the dad come back and sexualize one of the girls? No, he did not. That's good. That's good. Good move. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's, so one might argue it's better than <laughs> yeah. potentially. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that this is the second thing that we've watched together where there's been a kitchen slash food <laughs> yeah. scene, which was very upsetting. Yeah. There was a food fight in this one. Didn't like it. It's a big old waste of food. Yeah. Not a fan. So this, this kind of made me... It kind of made me curious because I got the impression from that scene that this was filmed in front of a live audience. Do you know, do you have uh, details on that, Dennis? Do you have any uh, understanding or knowledge of that? Well, I'm going to go into a long rant. Do you want me to try to summarize it? (laughs) (laughs) No, just go ahead, man. Uh, So, Dennis, it's the simplest question. (laughs) (laughs) So as a matter of fact, I actually... So... As a matter of fact, I actually do know the answer to that question. Would you like to hear my... I would would love to hear the answer. (laughs) And please take your time. I know that you like to be succinct, but I would love it if you would just take your time on this. So I was also wondering the same thing as a fan. And when looking uh, or when when researching um, fan interviews, like, um, like after the phenomenon of Boy Meets World and uh, Comic-Con panels and and uh, like reunion, semi-unofficial reunion interview clips and, and such. It was actually the actor who played Eric, Corey's older brother, Will. Will Friedel. Friedel. I was going to say Friedel. Thank you for saving me on that You're one. You're welcome. He's a, he's a Will, well-known voice actor now. That's correct. And exactly on that subject, I was going to say that he was giving his review on what it was like to work on Boy Meets World and his transition from working in live action and strictly choosing a path of voice acting following. And how halfway through the show, he was diagnosed with a severe social anxiety disorder. And it was something that the writers weren't sure how to work around, given the fact that he had a hard time continuing p- portraying his character in particular because it was filmed in a live audience set <laughs> <laughs> and how um, his social anxiety was in the way of his confidence in, a, in his ability to execute his job as an actor. And so the writer's and him collaborated on the idea of turning him into essentially stepping down from a core... Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I'm getting too wordy. So <laughs> instead of being a part of the core thread of him representing the older brother and him being a part of the family, he became more of like a super over-the-top, energetically clowny comedy relief character. And as someone who grew up with the show, I always resented the fact that he became pure comedy relief and the fact that his character took a very cartoony direction, I felt was always... Like he was cheated in a way. Like 
as as Melanie would say, they did him dirty. Sort of. It felt like it was a disservice to the level of depth and maturity that he had playing the older brother role uh, in the context of of the family dynamic in the show. And so, some fans uh, like the goofy appeal that he represented, whereas I was always on the fence about it and had some reservations. And to be frank with you, I actually found kind of annoying. <laughs> uh, and then years later, as I realized that when he was explaining his personal life and uh, the, the scenario that he was going through as a young adult, uh, it helped me. First, I felt guilty. <laughs> um, guilty. For, I felt, I felt well, guilty in the sense that I thought about all those times where he would uh, portray an overtop, you know, goofy character and realize that a lot of that was uh, based under the decision to... It was, it was to help accommodate him for his social anxiety. That's right. And now when I see footage of him going in that character direction, instead of being confused and annoyed, I now have feelings for him and I can tell that I can see a, a poor guy internally struggling and the way that he behaved on the show was a reflection of him having a hard time containing all that supercharged anxiety that he was feeling. Yeah. You have a greater understanding. Exactly. Basically, you're, you're no longer ignorant to his, to his social anxiety and you feel better about it. Yeah. And I have a lot of more respect for him. And then to hear that he sp very specifically chose to go down the voice acting route was fascinating to me because I haven't really heard that as a as a reasoning for an actor to go to delve into voice acting because he has the luxury to continue expressing himself in his heart as an actor mm -hmm. um, in the private confines of <laughs> a voice acting booth where he can go animated and wild uh, yeah. you know, to his own level of comfort, which I found really interesting and pretty cool. Anyway. <laughs> so... Yes, there was a live audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but that's actually a really cool story. Thank you. I think I think what I find interesting about that story is that like at first I was like, well, you're allowed to still be like that was still a bad decision. They did him dirty. But also like I have changed my opinions of things in hindsight even though I still like well, I don't know. Like I could, I could change my opinions of things based on things that happen behind the scenes or things that happen. Like it, it's interesting to me. Like, like should no knowledge of what happened behind the scenes change your opinion of something like of a piece of art? Yes, if especially if he was asking, "Hey, I have a really bad social anxiety, and having like an audience it makes me really uncomfortable." And they're like, "Okay, what well, would help doing this?" doing X, Y, and Z, and then they do X, Y, and Z. That changes, yeah. you know, that changes things. Yeah, I suppose so. It was to help accommodate him. <laughs> That's a really nice story. <laughs> it is a nice story, but it, does it suddenly make you like that character, though? Uh, I mean, I still feel the same, like, irritable sensations come up <laughs> when, <laughs> when I watch him, you know, go into that overacting, zany, you know, out of, like, out of context uh, acting direction, yeah. but I also like can't help but wonder what's happening internally 
And it makes me watch it with more appreciation in the sense that I find that he's quite brave. Nice. Yeah, it's the heightening of it. Yeah. Yeah, because one could only imagine how hard that must have been for him. And it's fascinating. So in Boy Meets World, he was asked to return and he held off on making it official specifically for that reason. Oh, sorry. Girl Girl Meets World. World. My apologies. No worries. That's what I meant to say. And so he eventually did. Uh, returned to the show and had a few cameos, which was delightful to see. And um, the cast was really happy that he conquered his fears. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice, good for him. He's great. He was on Critical Role. Was he really? <laughs> that's oh, nice. I, yeah, that's why. I, that's how I know he was a voice actor. Nice. Uh, can we go through all the characters? Sure. Um, okay. So let's start out. Let's start out with the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Corey. 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 Um, at the beginning of the episode, they're in a room together and he's like, I don't want to go to New York. And, uh, it seemed like he was being very selfish cause that's what his wife wanted. And then it seemed like they communicated really poorly. Yeah. Do they communicate poorly? Because I actually got that a few times from them. Yeah. Uh, it's a, the, the writers make it a point of tension for them to have, counter uh, perspectives on every single life choice <laughs> that happens in this show? Dennis, the answer is yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, okay. Yeah, I figured that that was like something that was probably going to come up a lot in the show or that's something that came up a lot in the show. Um, yeah, he seemed... Did you did you like him as a as like the main guy? Did I like him as the main guy? Because honestly, these two episodes are not enough context for me to actually decide whether I liked him or not. Oh, yeah. It was all it was all flashbacks and all Mm. the flashbacks had no context. So I'm just like, I don't know if he's charming or like or if he's, you know, likable. Yeah. You know, for me, I think he's a likable character. The writers make a point of turning his character into this like immature, nerve wracking stress ball of emotions. So, (laughs) uh, I mean, to one degree, he he's presented as a goofball. And at the end, they always find a way for him to essentially learn his lesson and mature and grow. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, I, I think the whole Boy Meets World premise is to utilize that motif and that pattern. And that basically goes from like season one to like the last few seconds <laughs> of, uh, of the series finale. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Um, Topanga is next. She's the girlfriend slash I guess she becomes the wife or she is the wife in this episode. We see a lot of flashbacks of her uh, as a really, really, really young girl who is for some reason handcuffed to Corey and then kisses him without permission. That's a no, no. Um, That's the 90s. (laughs) And then she, she seems very smart, like intelligent, like she's probably more more morally grounded than him i would guess just because that's kind of the dynamic that they usually go for in the 90s that's right yep yeah um not much to say about her either honestly again not enough context for me to know if she's likable yeah basically the context we get from the episode is that she's worried about failing because she she was so successful in wherever this takes place. I don't know where this takes place. Where does this take place, Dennis? Philadelphia. So she's so successful in Philadelphia. She's not sure if she'd be successful in New York. That's basically the the context we get about her. Um, and of course that they were in love. But yeah, 
she seemed cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the way that it was portrayed in that episode because she wants to do what's best for the relationship, but mm-hmm. it was also clear that she was had a internal struggle. Yes, except just like acting wise, I will say that we never actually saw any of that struggle. Oh, it was it was Feeny and Corey talking about her is how we knew that there was this struggle. Mm. We didn't actually see anything from her, you know? I, I, If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that was all laid out and covered in the episode previous. Gotcha. So I guess they didn't want to uh, repeat it for redundancy factors. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, they have so many other things to repeat <laughs> for redundancy factors. Yeah, okay. so, many, so many kooky things to go through. We can't get the serious stuff in there. Yeah. There's just so many montages to put together. So many montages. My gosh. So then there's Eric, who's the brother. Will Friedel? That's right. Very, he seems really dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, he seemed to c- come through a transformation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There, he did have that moment of like the, there was a flashback about him knowing about art and it seemed like that would be a, a, a step that he took, you know, kind of, but it, I guess they didn't do anything with that ever. Mm-hmm. I feel like the redhead used to be his girlfriend um, and is no longer. Yeah, he was the kooky zany one. Jack is the friend of Eric. Yep. And the brother of Sean. That's right. The half-brother of Sean. Oh, there you go. And Jack is now with the redhead, I think. Right. Correct. And I got I got nothing from him. I was like, he he's friends with Eric, and they seemed to fight about girls sometimes. And they seem to be very, very, very good friends, like BFFs forever. To the point, it, it's like, but it's the man friendship of like, I, I hate you and I want to fight you. Yeah. But also we're like best friends. Also, I would die for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, Sean was the one with the beard and he's the he's the best friend of Corey. Mm-hmm. He's the one who I was like, OK, I'm pretty sure he's gay or at least he, he is supposed to be in some way internally. And he's not going to like he was the one I was is like, he oh, he's like kind of feminine and he's like really obsessed with Corey and he keeps questioning the the marriage and all that stuff. And it's like, I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they were just trying to play off laughs. But, you know, that's that's who that guy is. Um and they invited him to go to New York with them. Yeah. That was just like, wow, codependency much? Like, you need to separate. That's okay. Separating is fine. You grow from separation, you know? Yeah. It's so weird that them moving to New York means all their friends would move to New York. Like, what does that even mean? And man? the brother. And the brother. And the brother. The brother, the friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was weird. I, I agree. I think I feel like it was some weird Disney fairy tale fan pressure service where they all it's like Corey and Topanga decide to take embark on a brave, new, scary journey and a new life. Therefore, all the beloved characters should chase after their coattails, as they say. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Can Well, I mean, I you know what I really would have appreciated instead of all those flashbacks, like seeing them look for places and just like trying to like <laughs> looking at rent and stuff and like getting getting hit with the reality of what it would be like to live in New York. Yeah. Like something. Well, Melanie, surprise, surprise, girl meets world features all of those characters with separate backstories in different <gasps> regional locations of America. Oh. oh, interesting. Cool. 
I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of curious a little. Like the thing I'm most curious about is you said they added the first two seasons of Girls Meets World to Disney Plus. Does that mean that there are only two seasons or does that mean that it's still ongoing? Oh, Oh, they canceled it. Did they? They canceled it pretty hard. Like after two seasons? Pretty much. It was one of those things where the last pretty, episode... You say pretty much like like it's <laughs> it's an uncertain thing about if it was or wasn't. Oh, so the show was going strong. And then the last episode as well. Well, we're canceled. So we're just going to wrap up every single loose end. Let's dump it all into a 20 minute segment. Wow. wow. And it felt very rushed and awkward. And that's that. Okay. Well, this is, guys, hey, guys, as much as I love, you know, feminism and like women and stuff, because I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a woman. <laughs> this is boys meet boys. Meet world, okay? <laughs> he said the name of the show in the episode. I want to add. Um, after Jack and Eric, there's there there's Jack and Sean, Jack and Sean, their dad, who shows up as a ghost. Yes, Michael. Pervy ghost. Ghost. Briefly. And money hungry ghost. And also, and like squeezes squeezes his son's girlfriend's ass. <laughs> um, also played by the guy who is the is what is a coach in community who's like really into shorts. He, he's great. Anyways. Um, can, can I also just say that my laughter towards the reference you just made mm-hmm. about ass squeezing wasn't in depiction of sexual assault and ass squeezing. Okay, it great. was because I was really offended because my <laughs> like, guys, I don't know if you know this, but I am a woman. <laughs> Are you would you say that you're a woman meets world? <laughs> The next series, Woman yeah. Meets World. Melanie Germain. Ay, ay, ay. The redhead who I was mentioning, I now fa- I have found her name in my notes, and it was Rachel. Didn't really get much from her either. No idea. She wanted to join the Peace Corps. That's about all I know. Um, she insisted on throwing, like, she was part of that food fight thing, which I was not okay with. Yeah. That's about it. Didn't see a lot of her in the flashbacks. She's in a couple scenes, maybe, but she didn't seem to be as, as focused on as the other characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything to add, Dennis? You got anything to say about Rachel? Oh, man. I totally zoned out. We're talking about Rachel. <laughs> so, uh, Rachel. Rachel is... Is Sean's girlfriend? Right? <laughs> You're not even sure. Uh, so You're the expert. I'm Jen! <laughs> It happens quite often, Melanie. I just don't like to confess it. But I figured that we were close enough where, you know, you'd be understanding about I it. Oh, I zoned out. Can you repeat yourself, please? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, so what was the question about Rachel? I was just, did, did you have anything to, to say about her? Like, is anything, because... I, I I get from the flashbacks that she dated Eric and now she was with Sean. Uh, and I think they were all roommates at some point. So that was kind of like maybe that was the will they won't they situation. The love triangle. Um, Are you talking about the redheaded woman? <laughs> yes. Oh, that is. <laughs> I, so here's the thing. I also went on to state that the redhead, I finally found her name in my notes and it's Rachel. Then what's Sean's girlfriend's name? <laughs> Rachel. Uh, expert, yes, Dennis. 
<laughs> Thank you for coming, Rachel. And knowing Rachel. the names of the main characters in this okay, show. Okay, you, you know what? I'm gonna go on another rant. All right, I was being polite, but I'm gonna lay it all out right now to the public. Boy Meets World is about the family unit. When that child wonder star from Mrs. Doubtfire watched the show and decided to shoehorn himself into this series and then turn it into some dumb frat boy comedy, I completely checked out, okay? I just want to make that absolutely Wait, clear. Wait, who, who was in Mrs. Doubt, Miss Doubtfire? Miss the Doubtfire? son in Mrs. Doubtfire was played by Jack in Boy Meets World. Which one's Jack? <laughs> <laughs> the one who's dating Rachel. That's right. Currently. Correct. Oh, okay. I thought he was the, wait, the best friend, you mean? The best friend of Eric. Oh, of Eric. Yeah, he's the second best friend of Eric. Whatever. All right. All right. You know what? I, I'm trying to talk about <laughs> Rachel, the redhead, and you brought it back to Jack. I'm such a man. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, Rachel, the red. <laughs> what was your question about her? Because I find her just as unnecessary as Jack. That is my perception. Okay, great. You know what? We can leave it there. We can leave it there. So Jack and Rachel, not really relevant, not really important. To me. To you. To and you to every personally. listener who thinks otherwise, I'm sorry. Your opinion is still valid. <laughs> That was such a positive thing to say, but you said it so angrily. <laughs> All right, we okay. should probably. No, okay, wait, oh, we gotta talk about Mr. Feeney. We talked about the parents. We just talked about the. We don't need to talk about the parents. It's fine. Well, I want to mention the sister because I want it to be noted that the sister only had two flashback cuts with her brother and i'm like wow that's all they could find <laughs> yeah rude um anyways okay fine let's uh, fine we'll scrap we'll scrap the the parents they seemed really important but whatever <laughs> and let's go straight to feeny he seemed to be important in every single one of their lives i got that sense and that that scene where they all the the very final scene where they come into that classroom and they all sit down and they all just want a moment with him. And and then uh, Will Friedel is like, tell us you love us. And he's like, he just like vehemently refuses because there's a line that students and teachers do not cross. And they each choose to go and have a moment with him. And then at the, like, whatever they said is fine i didn't really understand it because or because again it's context that i don't have but when they all leave and it's just feeny in the class and it's empty and he says i love you all class dismissed gorgeous yeah like i didn't need to have context to understand what that man felt for those kids yeah, it's kind of a dick move, though. No, it's not. To say it to an empty room and be like, I'm not going to tell these kids that I love them. It's not, a, but, it's, it's not a dick move. He's their teacher. Yeah. He's not their He's not their father. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm going to sigh and reluctantly <laughs> um, and not. And I say reluctantly because I, I, I'm, I don't want to admit this, but I tend to side with Mike in the sense that although I do see it as a touching moment, it also feels a little 
cheap. It feels a little old man, thorny. Guys, nah. they know that he loves them. You don't the, he doesn't need to say it. That's the whole point. He doesn't need to say it to them. You're men. You're men. You need to be told things directly. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just telling you that, that the whole scene is like he doesn't need to tell him, tell them that he loves them. They know. They know. And they love him back. Mm-hmm. And that's not cheap. And here's the thing. At, just like to interpret the scene, it could be it's too difficult for him to say it to them directly. Exactly. So he has to wait until they're gone. Yeah. And considering how excellent of an actor he is, it, it was very beautifully said. Yeah. Or not said. Ah. Would you Would you agree with that, that he's an excellent actor? The teacher? The teacher's phenomenal. M- Mr. Feeney is phenomenal. He, he is big fan royalty. Uh, there's <clears throat> This show has uh, a very big influence on current teachers who grew up watching the show mm. and decided to be teachers who were influenced by Mr. Feeney's character and the writing they did I for him. I can see that. And I can see that. Yeah. And to be honest, it actually even conjured up and stimulated uh, thoughts of me wanting to be an educator. Hmm. And uh, it was very effective. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, a very, very respectful, touching, intellectual strong portrayal of an educator on television in my opinion yeah but don't you dare try to cheapen that scene that scene (laughs) i think so when i first when i when i first saw him deliver that line uh class dismissed i i thought it was it worked really well i thought it was quite strong i didn't have any issues with it that i can recall but when i rewatched it just now i could feel that line coming and i feel like at this at this day and age, it was so predictable. <laughs> and it was said so many times and in other formats that it kind of soured that moment for me. Mm. So I felt like maybe that's why I felt a bit cheated in the sense that it felt a little typical. But it just works so well. It really does. You're right, Melanie. It was just a nostalgia milk. Yeah. It was a nostalgia milk like this entire last two episodes were really. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be real. I was more affected by Feeney's plant metaphor than that moment. But that's just me. Yeah. Actually, that was a good metaphor. That was a very good metaphor. I will say. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. I thought it was a very good metaphor. Yeah. This episode, both of these episodes were so obnoxious and difficult to follow. I don't know, man. It's hard because it, it swung so violently in both directions for me, this, 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 these two episodes. Because, okay, here's the thing that, like, they end on a clip, and then the recap of the next episode is more clips from the clips part of the previous episode. I'm thinking that they probably showed this as, like, a 40-minute special. You think so? Do you remember, Dennis? Did you see it live when it came out? I, I, I'm afraid I did not see it live. Hmm. I was too busy at the Palladium in Metro Town. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on, on like, the transition of, like, st- like episode, the, the part two of this still being a clip show, I'm like, oh, this must have been just, like, a full hour of television. Yeah. Is, is what I assume. Maybe I'll Google it. Hold on. <laughs> as, as far as, like... 
the 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 format of watching this show for someone who hasn't watched it and and it's i guess melanie's the true noob on this episode so she can give her own opinion but like it was it was tough it was a tough thing to get through for sure um like i said the second episode was a little better but i don't know you know when i first uh saw it in preparation for this recording i thought to myself oh this would be uh an, an ideal episode to see because it is quite an effective recap of everything that was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. weird about the show Dennis that's the opposite of what we want we want to be confused <laughs> <laughs> well what ended up happening is that uh, Mike in particular especially uh, seemed to hate that style <laughs> of recap yeah well it's the thing is I've seen clip episodes before but like there it was just so disorienting and so obnoxious and, and put by another level of I don't understand who the characters are it's just, yeah, it's too much. It's it's because the clips didn't give us any, like, not, it didn't really give us any context of who these characters were. It was just, like, we, like moments that they had. Yeah. That sometimes were felt relevant and other times didn't. And then it went on for a long time. Like, there, the, the clips were, there were a lot of clips. Yeah, and it didn't, it, again, it, it didn't, I didn't understand when it was going back to, like because like oh I'm supposed to tell that they're older oh uh, like when when the dad died yeah some yes they're they are older in this one they are older they're married yeah <laughs> married yeah but but it's it's there isn't like there isn't like a different effect or or a thing where they're saying oh remember this or like there isn't a transition in or out of the clips to the point where it is hard to tell what part is the episode and which part are the flashbacks it really is yeah I guess they weren't they weren't doing that that thing where they they're like reminiscing about something together it's like yeah. I'm talking to this character. Here are some clips of some stuff that they've done together. And now we're back. <laughs> <laughs> there also weren't, weren't like smooth transitions through those clips. There were like hard cuts, which yeah. was, was quite unusual, I have to say. Absolutely. Very I, weird. I uh, also wanted to. So I feel like I wanted to be selective about um, spewing uh, negative vitriol <laughs> about this show and counterbalancing it with all the positive things I like about it. Because I do genuinely like the show. Um uh, but that child actor who played Corey's little brother. What? At the end when he was explaining, oh, Boy Meets World. Now I get it. That was his, that his brother? His brother? That was his little brother. I was wondering who that was. I'm like, does he have a child already? <laughs> I actually thought that it was their child, too. <laughs> Wait, where did the little brother go? Oh, he stayed in Philadelphia with the parents. Right. Wait, what? But he they never showed him. That was there was a little girl. That was Corey's younger sister. Yes. Okay, so in present day they never showed the little boy. Uh so the little boy was a newcomer to the family in the later seasons. Gotcha. But they didn't have a present day him, meaning that they dropped that storyline probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused about the question. What do you mean by present day boy? Like cuz that was a that was a flashback nope. of him talking to the boy. Uh, no, that was sorry. That was a present day moment. I, yeah, he was parting with his little brother. See, you mm. see, I, it's hard to tell, isn't it? It's hard I'm, to tell. I'm sorry. I, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you don't believe us? Hold on, not really. Because he was talking about leaving for New York. Yeah. Well, what flashback would that have been? Oh, okay. Sorry. Then if he was talking about that, fine. Sure. I'm. I'm again. Not gonna lie. This episode was really boring. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, Dan is the same as you. I'm like, oh, I kind of stopped paying attention, but the, uh, it's fine. It's okay. Great. 
So I did not enjoy the process of watching the first episode. Again, the second episode had less clips. And also, like, I was starting to get used to it. So I was starting to be able to pick up. But, like, I did not enjoy the process of watching the first episode at all. Mm. Having said that, I do have a couple questions about two specific clips. One is a clip where the guy lights his house on fire and like immediately like firefighters come back and and sort of spray the fire i i don't know what was going on in that clip i was wondering if you could bring some context to that dennis okay so fans of the show they might rip my head off for being completely inaccurate about this but i believe that moment was a reference to topanga and Corey's wedding i think it was graduation actually where eric burnt it uh, their uh, the their apartment down and (laughs) caused them to go to jail at the end of the wedding ceremony. But you know what? I think you're right, Melanie. It probably was the graduation. (laughs) Yeah, because here's the thing. The graduation clip was just before that clip happened. Oh, okay, yeah. I know things about this show. (laughs) But Melanie knows more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the great part about Melanie is that her observations make sense. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so I have a question about one more clip, which is the i don't remember who it was now he sits on a couch and then he's suddenly struck by lightning oh yeah and then it just it just cuts to the next sequence yeah i was like what the fuck was that (laughs) no context of what the hell that was okay so i I, again i know this is going to be a boring uh observation but throughout the show they virtually had like no special effects pizzazz throughout this series <laughs> and there just happened to be one scene where there was like this really like cheap after effects lightning bolt strike <laughs> on eric and uh and then one redeeming factor about girl meets world is that they incorporated a lot of really cool digital effects and even some animation sequences that i appreciated but that's pretty much all I really liked about it. But anyway, I thought that was kind of funny too. But but what? But, but can you explain <laughs> context? Oh, context yes, he was asking for context. Um, Eric is um he's an eccentric character. A lot of a lot of interesting things happen to <laughs> him in the later Dennis. half of the series. Why did he get struck by lightning? <laughs> Why did he get struck by lightning? Do you remember? Was it because he was a centric <laughs> Because the writers thought, oh, Eric, he's so kooky and so pliable. We can do anything with this character. Lightning strike. But he was he was indoors. Like, was his window, did he get stricken through the window? Like, why did he get stricken indoors by a lightning strike? For laughs, Michael. I never thought about the st- statistical <laughs> improbability of a lightning strike <laughs> in an interior setting. <laughs> but, you know, I really like these questions because what's funny for me is that all of the weird shit that you two are picking up on are things that I kind of just roll my eyes and pretend never <laughs> happened. Like, whatever. <laughs> I never thought that it was something that I should take into account that I would have to address as like the, you know, the master knowledge uh, giver of the series. <laughs> 
So now I feel a little <laughs> bit uh, called out. New title. New title. It's not a special guest anymore. It's master <laughs> knowledge provider. <laughs> Is that what you said? I said giver, but provider <laughs> sounds much better. <laughs> master knowledge giver. Okay. I, <sighs> I have another question for Dennis. I forgot about this other clip. There is a moment where the two kids are talking, but they're old. Like, ve- like they're they're either in like old face or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh yeah, I was impressed with that scene. What's, yeah, what exactly does it mean? So, uh, uh, so Corey and Topanga were dating at the time, and they were reminiscing about like whether their love will last forever. And so they cut to a scene of both Corey and Sean uh, as like as preteens like they're probably like nine or eight years old and they had like plastic practical uh, like old like aging <laughs> wrinkly makeup it's makeup. makeup that's it <laughs> uh and uh they were they were kind of having like a comedic spiel about like oh we're old right yeah they thought it was i mean i guess the writers just thought it would be funny in the context of two actual young boys pretending like they were elders okay so like this is a show about contacts right and like <laughs> talk about is it i mean maybe well i'm talking about dessert before breakfast the oh gotcha yeah is it so <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing right it's it's it, we're in the middle of a clip show about various things and they they flash backward into a flash forward like a fake flash forward like why you, you understand why i'm frustrated by this right like it's like i actually kind of just assumed that it was like just a thing about when they were young they were thinking about the future and then there was a bit where it just a comedy bit where these young children were were dressed up as old people to 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 you know, Melanie, but, you're so great. That's exactly I, what it was. Th- th- I mean, I didn't. Ha- I personally didn't have a question about why. <laughs> what else could it be? <laughs> why they were old, <laughs> even though they were young. Like, but but I just it's like it's a clip show that's showing all these great moments. But it was a moment that wouldn't have. Ha- OK, no, I get it. I guess the moment isn't. OK, no, I'm good. OK, <laughs> I so I'm just saying that I think they picked really bad clips for the clip show. Yeah. But like, I, I, I think they were nonsensical. They were nonsensical. Yes. Cause they didn't. Yeah. Cause they, they, they felt like they were kind of useless. They were, I think they were just full on going for nostalgia. So it's like, Hey, remember when they did this? They're, they're such good friends. They thought about the future that one time and we're old, even though they were children. <laughs> like, I think that's it. That's, I don't think there's much depth to this is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Fair enough. I liked where you're going with it, Melanie. I think you were right on the mark. I thought you were like bingo because that's what <laughs> that's how bingo works. There are dots and there are marks involved, and you hit both of them. Although there's just one dot in this particular scenario, so either just choose which word you like more and apply that to your metaphor, and that's what what, what happened. <laughs> All right, with that bingo analogy, I feel like it's probably time to go on to uh, reviews. Okay. 
Wait, no, sorry, Dennis. Before we go to reviews, what do you, what does <sighs> Boy Meets World mean to you? You know what? I'm gonna say something, and it's gonna sound a little bit wild, and you know, perhaps it's just me. <laughs> wild, you. <laughs> you know, this this show is so oversaturated with good, whole family, wholesome morals and very valuable educational life lessons that, how do I say this? I think it would be a lie to say that this show didn't have a profound impact on me as a young adult man. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, I like to think Okay, so, okay, this is going to sound, like I said, maybe wild isn't the right word, but probably a little pretentious and maybe just me overthinking things. But I've been told by people around me and friends of mine that I'm close to and people that I consider close to me in my personal life that I tend to be an unusually kind individual. And if this observation does uh, find itself to be true to whoever knows me or interacts with me. I would like to think that this show had a big impact on that part of my character be- in, in the sense that everything about the show is so warm and kind and touching and very positive, I guess. It influenced you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really lovely. That is really lovely. Thank you for sharing that, Dennis. The, the only other thought that I want to see on top of that is that I do recognize that a lot of the cheap laughs of the show um, came out of it being a product of the 90s where there just was less taste. Yeah. Or, less taste. There was less taste in certain regards. And yeah. um, by no means am I saying that this show has no unlikable qualities but overall, I feel like the strength of what they did right uh, outshined that. Outshined that, or outshines outshine that. it today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're 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 reaffirming the fact that you are against sexual assault and transphobia, which is good thing mm-hmm. too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Dennis, thank you for sharing. That was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, all right, so time to do our reviews. So based on these two episodes, well, would I review these two episodes uh, as a whole? I really hate that first episode, like, a lot. I found it very obnoxious and frustrating. The second episode was very heartfelt and beautiful, but it didn't, it wasn't, like, that great. I don't know. I I feel like, like, after the end of the first episode, I probably would have given it a zero, but the second episode pushed it up to, like, maybe a four. Uh, Four clips out of ten. Four, four, like, obnoxious jump cuts out of ten? Yeah. (laughs) I... Okay, Uh, watching this, I kind of I thought about Wonder Years a lot and how we were watching like an older show. I will say that I I liked this more than I liked the Wonder Years because the Wonder Years was just like full on problematic. Right. And this this one kind of just had like a few moments where I was like, "Eh, that's in bad taste. That's in bad taste. But I understand and I see that like this show had a lot of heart. Especially just with that last scene, that last scene kind of sold me on it. Like that this is, this is an iconic and like really, it can be really powerful with its messages and its morals and all that. So 
I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it because I think for these last two episodes, they are clip shows. And for someone who's never seen the show, that's just really boring because I have no context of what's going on. When it came to them acting in the present, like I barely saw anything really, especially for like, like all of the kids and the parents and stuff. The only thing that stood out to me was that very last scene. And again, it was beautiful. And don't you dare cheapen it, you two. It was beautiful. <laughs> Never again. So did I enjoy it? No, it was it was boring. <laughs> 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 um, I saw moments of what this show, I think, is supposed to be. And that I would I would be interested to watch. But for this show in particular, or the, for this episode, these episodes in particular, like two out of ten moral lessons, <laughs> I guess. Nice. Hint, hint. Fun fact for the listeners: Corey Matthews, the actor, his name is Ben Savage, what? the boy from Wonder Years. That actor is named. Fred Savage. What? Damn. What am I implying? Are they related? That they're related. And I didn't actually fact check that. So maybe Callan can part, cut that part out if I end up being wrong and they just have the same surnames. <laughs> We're just going to Google it right now. Ben Savage and Fred Savage. They are brothers. They're brothers. Yeah. Yay, I was right. Weird. Wow. So we're judging both of the brothers. And Wonder Years is another show that I also grew up connecting to on a deeper level. And unfortunately, I didn't get to finish it. But I hear it was underwhelming. And I will brace myself for when I eventually get to that point. Or you know what you could do instead? You could listen to Dessert Before Breakfast where we cover the Wonder Years. But do I want to spoil it? I don't know. Yes. Dennis, we're doing a plug right now. This is where you say yes. Callan cut that part where he says he's not going to do it. <laughs> Your episode on the Wonder Years, even though I haven't seen it, I am very enthusiastic about listening to it and possibly spoiling the experience for myself. Wink. <laughs> okay, cut out the part where he says he's spoiling it for himself, but keep everything else. Even the wink. Um, Dennis, what is your review? My review of these final finale two episodes of Boy Meets World would probably have to be, I would say, uh, a generous six out of George Feeney's. No, what? A six George Feeney's out of ten George Feeney's? A six out of ten. Let's just go with that. Well, I'm glad to know that 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 you also like my my rating and your rating were actually that far off, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the clips were obnoxious, right? <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, other shows have done clips before, and it's made more sense, and it's it's felt more important because. I've seen the shows. Yeah. So I get why they did it. But but very I've never seen a, a finale do it. Like I've seen shows do clip shows, but not a finale. Like maybe leading up to the finale. I feel like Seinfeld, the the episode before the episode we watched was a clip show. Yes. Th- I thought that the, the 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 one before the finale was going to be the clip show and then the other one was gonna be like, okay, let's like finish the story now. But they yeah. they didn't do that. No, they're just like, let's do two episodes for the price of one. 
and we'll like so maybe the, the maybe they would just didn't have that much, you know. Yeah. Actually, no. I I bet that I'm I'm sure they didn't have that much because again, we don't see them actually acting very much. They probably filmed for like twenty minutes, and they're like, "Okay, guys, I guess we'll put filler in there, and then we'll have mm-hmm. to cut a few things," you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a really good observation, and I'm willing to bet that they didn't plan to do the clip thing until later when they're like, "Well, no, we got to milk the straws worth. Let's do a double episode." Yeah. Sort of thing, because otherwise they probably would have transitioned things in and out of the clips better. I would think. Yeah. 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 Now that you put it in that context, it wouldn't surprise me if that ended up being the true story. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I guess uh, the last thought I had on my mind is when we watched this series and we chose this show as a podcast topic i was a little bit hesitant because i do find that the series finale was a bit all over the place and a little tricky to decipher and i thought to myself what direction do we go in because so much material was presented but the way that this conversation unfolded was really satisfying and fun. And I really liked what we were able to conjure up from it. I, I disagree entirely because I think this conversation is very indicative of the episode, which is that it's random with no direction whatsoever for a very long time. So, Well, I had a fun time. I, I had a fun time, I too. I had a really great time. Dennis, let me just say, it's always a freaking pleasure it is a freaking pleasure it is always a good time yes well it's always an honor to receive such uh highly uh, astute (laughs) compliments such as those i don't think i use that word in the right context but we'll go with it okay okay um i wanted to say for the record that i would not go back and watch the rest of the show uh because i've already seen it through this (laughs) <laughs> these last two episodes melanie would you go back and watch this show i i no again the like i i think i got it i think i'm good <laughs> uh i under i understand that it was like you know it's got its morals and there's a really great teacher in it and like there's it's a it's a love story and it's a family unit thing so so so, but, so melanie okay but also it did not drop me in. It was boring. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I think I got it. I think I understand, you know. <laughs> so, Melanie, in the future, if you're disclosing a personal issue they're experiencing in your private life to me, and it made me think of a particular moment depicted in Boy Meets World, and I had the idea of showing you that particular moment as a way to express my thoughts and feelings through the lens of... A white boy's life. Mm-hmm. Would you be insulted or open to the idea, Dennis? If you want me to watch an episode of Boy Meets World with you, I will do it. <laughs> That's fine. But here's the thing: I know you, man. I know you well enough that if you have something on your mind, you don't need visuals to tell me something. You have your words. And I know this because one time <laughs> I drove you home <laughs> and we had a chat. You you had something on your mind and you wanted to talk about it. And I was happy to talk about it. And we sat in my car till 2 a.m. discussing this. You don't need me to watch Boy Meets World to get your point across. <laughs> but if you really want me to... I'd be glad to. (laughs) I just I just wanted to prop up the show. But I appreciate that perspective because 
Gosh, those are good times. <laughs> I look back on that on that particular night very fondly. Me too, Melanie. Me too. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess I was being theoretical for funsies. Yeah. And theoretically, yes, I would I would watch Boy Meets World if you think that there was a situation in that white boy's life <laughs> that related to me. Even though, again, I just want to clarify, I am a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Dessert Before Breakfast is hosted by Mike Dorval and Melanie Germain. Editing by me, Callan Dorval. Music by The Brass Action. Send us a voice message by using the link in the description or email us at dessertbeforebreakfast at gmail.com.